Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Brother Jeffrey, this morning shared Psalm chapter 1. I love Psalm chapter 1, but so amazing that he was talking about uh, just soaking up the Lord, soaking up His Word, and um, just being um, intimate there with Him. And then again, Rochelle song just now, uh, just worshiping that powerful and worshiping our God. Uh, we'll come to a section in Scripture I, I'm, I'm excited about, um, and uh, hopefully it'll, it'll be a blessing and challenge to you this morning. But I just want to recap what we went over last week in our message, uh, this journey with Jesus. The most important question we face in this life is where... Uh, we're going to spend eternity. And the question that we saw uh, dealing with that was, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and the first point that we saw in last week's message was, a right relationship with God is imperative to a right relationship with man. Again, without the love of God inside of our heart, being saved, being transformed, uh, it's hard to have an actual right re- relationship with our fellow man. And then the second one is, is the opposite of that. A right relationship with man is imperative to a right relationship uh, with God. And that was paternally speaking. In other words, once we are saved and we have a relationship with God, uh, if, if we are going to have a right relationship with man, um, then, or a right relationship with God, we've got to have a right relationship uh, with man as well. And so this week, again, we come to this portion of Scripture that I, I just absolutely love. And I've taught and preached on this many times, but... Uh, I shared with Rochelle earlier in the week that I was struggling because I knew we were coming to this, and it was just a few years ago that I, I preached this uh, section of Scripture and a specific message, and so um, I was just battling and praying, and um, I really felt like the Lord impressed me to uh, share most of that again this morning, and so some of this may sound familiar to you, some of it may not. Again, if you're new, you have no idea, but uh, if you've been around for a few years, uh, some of this may sound familiar, but you know, I, I, I think... Uh, this is so, so important uh, because of where we're at as a society. Nothing's really changed. Matter of fact, it's, it, it, well, it has changed a little bit. It's gotten a little worse uh, since this message last time. So let's pray and we'll get into this. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for allowing us uh, to be here again, to worship you. Uh, you are the name above all names. There's no rival. You have no equal. God, we uh, just worship you. And I pray that through this time that we just had of song and uh, thanksgiving, and worship, uh, through that and also through giving, Lord, that you were exalted, that you uh, receive all the praise from that. Lord, we know that none of us here are worthy to even mention your name and ourselves, Lord, but we thank you for the grace and the mercy you've extended. Thank you for making a way, for, for leaving your throne, loving us enough to come to this earth and to live a perfect life, to die a death that every single one of us deserved to die for our sins, but you took our place. Lord, we thank you that we have victory and we have life through not only your death, but also your resurrection. And um, God, we praise you for all these things. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word this morning and for this message to go forth. And I pray that it would fall on ready hearts, ready eyes and ears spiritually. Lord, to receive it and to apply it in our life uh, where we need to. And Lord, if there is someone here that's lost, um, maybe they've been playing church games, maybe they've been going to church their whole life, but they know They've never truly surrendered their life to you. Or maybe there's someone here for the first time. They've never heard how much you love them and how much 
how far you went to pay the price for them. I pray that before they leave today, uh, they would accept that free gift of salvation, that free gift of eternal life. Their life would be transformed, and again, they would, they would know that heaven's going to be their eternal home. Lord, just move now. Use me as a vessel. God, be glorified uh, through all of this, and we'll praise you. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I ask you to turn to Luke chapter 10. And, uh, you know, our society has painted a picture of what it defines as success. Uh, you, can, you can turn on the news, you can read articles, you can look on Facebook, and you can find all kinds of different definitions of what success is. And uh, specifically, what we're going to be looking at this morning is a couple of different ladies. And so we look at what society tells us success, a successful lady is. Um, it, it can be all kinds of different things, you know, it, it, it can be from an outward appearance. Someone can say, well, that, that, she must be successful because of the way that she looks. Um, or, again, just in somebody else's mind, that is what I want to be like. That's who I want to be like because of outward appearances. Others uh, deem a successful woman according to her worldly accolades. You know, uh, there was a, a great movement in our nation that I think had um, some really good attributes, but then also some really bad attributes uh, that brought to the surface um, not only women's rights, which was the good part, uh, but also uh, putting forth this um, almost stigma against the leadership of man and also um, exalting uh, women to a certain place uh, in, in women's minds. Again, I, I, not that it's bad to, of, of course, it's good to, to have rights and respect, but again, there was, there's been a poison come along with that and uh, there's all kinds of different ramifications from that point that we see today that are just getting worse and worse um, and it's seen both in the church and it's seen all throughout society but again when the the world looks at um, well education job status position again and says well that's a successful woman because she is the leader of that or she is the governor or she is this or that um, so again, these achievements paint that picture for uh, those people. Some people deem women smart and successful who raise kids that go on to be great successes in this world. Um, and while some of those who make those judgments can make an argument, and again, the argument is in their wisdom, not God's, on why it is true success, I believe as Christians, we need to look at first and foremost above all things, what is godly success or success in God's eyes. What, what God says is good. What God says is right. And again, successful. And so um, when we consider it being a lady, consider it being a young person, a, a male, a man. Um, either way, I think it's so important for us to look what Christ himself says is successful. And so in Luke chapter 10, we see our, our text, we pick up in verse 38. It says this, and it came to pass as they went. And remember, he had just had this conversation with this lawyer who tried to pit him and, and, and corner him, saying, Master, what do I do? I have eternal life. Jesus said, You know the law. What does it say? He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as thyself. This do, and you shall live. And the guy says, Yeah, okay. Well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus gave the story of the Good Samaritan, and he says, Go and, and do this. And then now, this is where we pick up, and they entered into a certain village. A certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And uh, we know this village is Bethany, by the way. Uh, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. 
But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me alone to serve, or left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, or you're worried, you're anxious, and troubled, you're bothered about many things. And look at verse 42. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, notice there in, in, in that scripture right there, Jesus said that there was a good part. There was a good part that Mary had made a definite decision on choosing. It was clear that that's what she wanted to do, and so that's what she did. So the question is this then, what is exactly that good part? If Martha was cumbered about much serving and she was troubled about many things, and yet Mary was at complete peace and comfort, and Jesus even applauds what Mary was doing and what she had chosen, what then is, is that good part? What is, again, if, if someone says, man, Jesus Christ, God Almighty in the flesh, walking around, talked to two different ladies, and one lady, he essentially said, you're in the wrong state of mind, you're in the wrong place of heart to the other one he says she chose the good part and it's needful it's needful and she chose it so what is it i would suggest this morning that it's loving god relationally which of course incorporates action it incorporates doing something because love is an action as i've preached that many times before you just can't say that you love something a loved one and there's nothing that follows after that um, for instance, if you love to do something, you do something uh, because you love it. Um, again, love is an action word. But if it's that simple, success in God's eyes is to love God to the point that you're prone to just be at his feet instead of being busy. Then the question is, why is it so hard to, do, to live that out sometimes? If loving God with all of our being, with everything we are, just if that is the good part, and again, love is action. If, if loving God and that, that, that love being demonstrated in our life, if that is the good part, then why is it so hard to live that out? I think we'd all admit it sounds simple, but it's not always easy to do. Because if, if you evaluate that, if that's needful and that's the good part, Mary is at Jesus' feet just loving on him, just worshiping him, just just listening to his words and soaking up everything that she could while she, while she could, if that was the good part, again, we look at our lives on a daily basis and we say, man, I would love to do that all day long. I would love to do that every day of my life. But I got to work. And I got kids or I got grandkids. Or I got this. I got these responsibilities. I got all these things that I've got to do. So it just seems like it would be impossible to choose that part all the time. But if that's what God wants from us, is to love him with every fiber of our being, to be in awe and, and, and adore him every day of our life, every moment of our life, then why is it in this life so hard to do that? I would suggest that there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new. Mankind, since Jesus Christ came to this earth, showed what love looked like, demonstrated God's love in, uh, for us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He rose again. If God showed that kind of love and wants our all, our love to him, then why is it so hard? 
Well, again, since that time that Jesus came and did that and demonstrated this love, man's been struggling with exactly what we saw with Martha. Man's been struggling with choosing the good part, sitting at the, the feet of the Savior and worshiping Him, sitting and, and soaking up His Word and, and just being in, in, in adoration of Him, fellowship with, with, with Him, walking with Him, just being intimate with Him in every day of our life, every moment of our loving Him. And again, having a love that's driven to please Him. Because again, Jesus said Mary chose the good part. He was pleased with what she was doing, what she had chosen to do. Because again, Martha had been so busy. She had been so distracted and it led her to busyness. And I'm not trying to say that we don't have responsibilities in the life, this life that, that need to be tended to, jobs and, 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 and of course kids and, and other responsibilities, absolutely. But I think in our life we get wrapped up in so much of the busyness. We get so distracted with the things that we have to do in this life. that again, that good part is neglected almost altogether most days of our life. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have a good time that we set aside for God and, 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 and maybe we do this little devotion or we do this little scripture and say this little prayer or whatever and, and, and maybe some of you in here, praise God, have way more devotion than that and, and, and praise God for that. But I think on, on, in large part in American Christianity, in the world that we live in right now, most Christians, as one pastor once said, give God table scraps. Give him just a little bit of the leftovers. You see, Martha was running around like a chicken with her head cut off, trying to get everything done. And, and again, no doubt there were things that were needed to be done and, 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 and things that needed to be tended to. But Mary, and Mary had chosen that good part. And I think if we were to evaluate our lives today and be really open and honest before God, because again, he can see our hearts anyways. If we would take an audit of our lives based on eternal necessity. Now think about that. Doing an evaluation of our life based on eternal necessity. Would we have a surplus or a deficient account concerning this good part? Say, man, the time that I spent in my life soaking up what, what God wants for me and who he is and just the time that he's given me now to walk with him and, and fellowship with him and accomplish his work because of that. And so I still don't really get it. Think of it like this. Is your life so cluttered? Is it so cluttered with temporal that the eternal, the in, eternal important things are almost non-existent? Eternal thoughts, true worship, true daily fellowship and communion, and true obedience to our Lord's wishes and commands. Are our lives so cluttered? I was talking again to Rochelle this week, and um, I think we were having lunch and, and just, just talking about stuff, and, and uh, it came up about um, the things that sometimes come out of people's mouths. <laughs> and uh, I said, you know, uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the old saying, garbage in, garbage out, is so true. And, you know, when I was a youth pastor, I used to really... Um, preach and teach a lot on 
uh, those influences because young people are so influenced by that. But the reality is we are all so influenced by that. Um, but this is a multiple time in young people's lives, and so I, I used to really, really encourage young people to really filter and watch, be careful about what they were watching and what they were listening to, and really always encouraged them and exhorted them uh, to be listening to Christian music, things that point to God, because on a daily basis we have so many things that are pulling us away from that. Every day, pulling us away from thoughts about God and, and talking and walking with God. So I, I would encourage them, we should be filling our minds up and our hearts with, with, with thoughts about God as often as we can. And, and not only that, the things that we watch, man, we, the, the, we, should, fill, we should really filter that. And I, I came across a website years and years ago, and so I, we started using it as a family. And, and I started encouraging young people and I had a parent meeting and encouraged the parents to, to use this site. Anytime you go to want to watch a movie or want to rent a movie, use this site first and see what's in it before you do that. And, and, uh, and, and because the reality is, again, we, we, we put out what we, we take in. And so we were talking um, about what we listen to and what we watch, how it affects us. And there's some people that disagree with that, and they say, oh, I'm not affected by, you know, cursing. I'm around it all day long, and I, you know, so if I watch a movie, I, I, it doesn't bother me. Uh, same thing with, with music or whatever. But the problem with disagreeing with that, with saying, I, I disagree that I, I, if I watch something that has this junk in it, or if I listen to something that has, you know, th other things that's not pointing me to the Lord, uh, that it's going to actually affect me. Um, again, the, the problem with that is this. First, that's a fleshly defense. That's just a fleshly defense. Um, the second is this. If you're going to say that you're unaffected by what you watch and what you listen to, music and movie-wise, and you're going to say that for everything fleshly, everything earthly, then you've got to say that for everything spiritual too. Even a message. Even a Bible study. Even the scripture you read that goes in your eyes. You've got to say it about everything. You can't just, again, that's why I said it's a fleshly response to say, I'm unaffected by the stuff I watch. It doesn't affect me. Then you've got to say that about the spiritual too. So then you're going to say, I'm unaffected by any message that's ever preached. I'm unaffected by any scripture that I ever read. Say, no, 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 I, that's because I don't let it affect me. No, 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 no. Our eyes and our ears are very clearly the microphones and the lenses that God has given to us that illuminate not only our eyes or darken our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our minds, I'm sorry, but also our hearts, the person who we are. So if we fill it with junk, when the flesh riles up, if there's junk in there, guess what's going to come out when the flesh gets riled up? Junk. And, and, and most people can attest to that. If it, it, again, you know, if you haven't been walking with the Lord and you haven't been putting in those things, and it, maybe you've been that place before and you've kind of strayed from that before, you kind of listen and watch and whatever you want to, and then whenever the flesh riles up, you become someone who you don't really like. But then when you're walking with the Lord and you're doing those things and the flesh riles up, you, you kind of feel like a little bit, but a spiritual strength there. Again, junk in, junk out, but if it's good in, the flesh riles up, typically it's easier for the good to flow out. As I said, the truth is we get so cluttered with the junk of this world 
and we can become overly distracted and, and, and become super weak in our spiritual lives. And so much so that these distractions become the definition of our normal life. What we follow after, who we are. There's so many things that Satan can use to distract us. So many things that he can throw at us to render us ineffective, to, to help us miss that good part. Again, and we call it normal life many times. Whether it's just the activities we do, the entertainment we seek after, Satan throws it at us. And it's just our lives. The reason I say all this is because we look at these two ladies and we say, what separated them? I mean, they were sisters living there. What separated one from being so cumbered about and so busy and so distracted and all this? And, and Jesus said, you're, you're bothered, you're messed up, all these things. What's, you know, you're, you're missing this good part, but Mary's got it. She, she's got it. What separated them? Obviously, there was work that needed to be done. So much that Martha was like, can you ask her to get up and come help me? There was a lot of work that needed to be done, or so it seemed. With this apparent distraction that didn't have a hold of Mary, but it had a hold of, of Martha. See, this is what I believe. I believe that Mary understood the impact and the privilege of having God Almighty in the flesh, in her home, for just a short while. I believe she realized, I only have this moment. He's told us all along that he's not going to be here forever. And, and he's here in my home. And I have this temporal time to, to spend every thought and every moment and every affection on him. I have that opportunity. She was so enamored with this that she forgot, so we think, those temporal things. Because she was so focused on the eternal this priceless gift in her, in her life. And some people may argue that, well, each had their own gift. Martha was a servant and, and, and Mary was just a lover. She just, I mean, that's just the way they were. I, I would disagree. And the reason why is because what we read in verse 42, it says this, one thing is needful. And look what Jesus said. And Mary hath chosen that good part. Mary hath chosen that good part. She chose to be there at the feet of Jesus and just be in fellowship with him, to worship him and to soak up everything he had. Again, one thing was needful. There's also other accounts that we know about Mary where she's breaking and, 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 and uh, pouring this ointment and wiping her, her, Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair and, and, and facing criticism for that as well. Her own sister's criticizing her. Make her get up and help me. And again, in the time where, where, where Mary's pouring that over Christ's feet. So this morning, I, I want to go over three things, three facts, I believe, about choosing the good part. And hopefully it'll encourage us, hopefully it'll challenge us to see with eternal minds, to set our minds on things eternal, things above, to be able to see afar off. Because again, Christ declared it was the good part. So why would we not choose this if we, if we could? The facts about choosing the good part, number one, if you choose to sit at Jesus' feet, if you choose to be the, the, the worshiper, the one in love with him, then number one, you're going to face opposition. You will face opposition. 
You, 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 you open your Bible every moment, a break at lunch, at, 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 uh, or again, maybe a 15-minute break, or you, you have it open, and you're praying there, and you're, you're talking with your friends, and you're, just, you're worshiping the Lord whenever you have the opportunity. If you become completely infatuated and in love with Jesus, and that, that just pours out in every part of your life, there is going to be opposition. First of all, the opposition may come from people who are closest from you. And I would say this, most often it does come from people who are closest to you. Like your family. And the sad part is, is these people also may say that they're followers of Christ too. But for whatever reason, like Martha, they've become distracted and even they become a hindrance to you trying to worship the Lord, trying to be that good part, that one at the feet of Jesus. Again, People that are closest to you. Well, why are you always doing that? Why are you always? Why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to? Why do you want to always listen to to worship music? Why do you always want to do? Why do you always want to read your Bible? Why do you always want to point to Scripture? Maybe you're trying to have quiet time instead of watching that TV, or watching a movie, and those people become critical. They're wanting, maybe you're wanting to witness to someone and they complain, I'd like to go, you know, I've been thinking about, I want to go Thursday nights. I I really want to help get the gospel to our community. I really feel like that we should do that. And and maybe they're there and they're saying, aren't we gone enough? Gone enough where? Gone enough doing what? Those things in this world? Again, when we decide, I mean, I want, I want to be closer to God. I want to do more for God. I, I, I want to I be intimate with God. Again, that opposition is going to come, and a lot of times it comes from those who are closest. And that's the hardest most of the time because that's, that's a lot of times where it gets defeated and diffused. Because if that's a battle inside the house or if that's a battle of people that are closest to you, I guess I won't do that anymore. Or I guess I won't do that at all. The second group of people that you'll face opposition from people who aren't willing to choose the good part. And it may be that group, but it also may be somebody else. For whatever reason, they're focused on working only. They're focused on the task only, getting the work done, which is important to get done. But that's only what they're focused on. They're distracted often with temporal things, temporal trappings, and they just don't have time. They don't have time to sit at Jesus' feet. They don't have time to soak up. They don't have time to just worship him Uh, personally, because they do that worship on Sundays. Again, that's not it. Unfortunately, this can be other church members, people who say that they're Christians as well. The third group is this, people who just don't get it. For whatever reason, if they don't have a relationship with Christ, uh, the distracted people, as I said already, or maybe jealous people. There are people that, that, that see someone who is trying to just worship and walk with God and be sincere in all that, and there's somebody that is jealous because they're not there, their heart's not set, and so they become a critic of the person because they just don't get it. And then the fourth thing is this, and it's not necessarily a person, but it's from pending things. Pending things, things that are staring in the face like that work around the house. Man, you, there you are. You have an opportunity. You haven't spent time with the Lord and worship, but man, there's, there's clothes there. There's dishes there. There's this stuff there. And, and you know you haven't had time with the Lord. Maybe it's overtime options. 
boss gives you opportunity over time, time and a half, double time, whatever, holiday, and you think, man, I could really use that money. But you know that it's going to keep you away from, it's going to keep you working, it's going to, all those things, and the time is going to be taken from you throughout the day to be able to just sit with the Lord, to be able to just worship Him, to be intimate with Him. Maybe it's extracurricular activities, kids' events, entertainment, all kinds of things can pile up, stare you down, and stand in opposition for you to choose the good part. Remember, Mary was unmoved. She, she heard her sister, Jesus, tell her to get up and help me. And there's a lot of stuff to do around this place. A lot of stuff. Mary was unmoved by any of this. Ridicule, jealousy, anything. She was unmoved. She had the Savior, and she had the opportunity to spend time with him, and so she poured out treasure upon him. And it was just the good part. The good part. How many in here have wanted to do something for the Lord, wanted to have this, wanted to read your Bible, have time with God faithfully, or maybe give something sacrificially, or maybe, maybe pray, really have a, a, a dedicated prayer life, and you're determined to do all these things. You, you know, I want, I want to do this. I want to set some time apart to pray, and I want to do this. I want to do that. And you've only met, uh, only to be met with resistance there. You don't have to raise your hand, but I, I think you've been a Christian any amount of time, and you've come to that place You've probably seen that. You've probably, man, I want to do this. I want to do this for God. I want to have this time. I'm going to start at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to start as soon as I get home from work. I'm going to, at my lunch hour, I'm going to take that whole hour and do, I'm going to do this. And we say, I'm going to spend this time with God. I'm really just going to have personal time with God only to have something else come and distract you. Opposition coming the way. Now, I'm going to do it as soon as I get home. But when you get home, Oh, we got to go here, we got to do this, we got to do this, or this is, this is sick, or this is going on, and this is. I'm going to do this at lunch only to find you, you don't have that time. You got to do this, you got to do that, or you, you only have this much and you don't have that. Again, Satan's going to, to do that, and you can mark that down. That's going to happen. Anytime you want to choose that good part and, and spend more time with God and be more intimate with God, mark it down right now. Opposition's coming. Whether it be through distractions, pending things, or whether it be through people, it's coming. You, you'd endeavor to spend more time with God. Choose that good part. It's gonna, something's going to come in the way. But from this point forward, I think we've got to, we have to answer the question. Will we be like Mary who's unmoved by that opposition and resistance? Or are we going to become distracted and discouraged and not choose that good part? And I just said that Mary saw this opportunity. And I believe this. That's what we'll find too. We have only a short amount of time in this earth to spend. You say, well, I'm going to be, be in eternity with, with Jesus. I, I mean, I'm going to have a lot of time to worship him. But listen, we only have this time right now, the short amount of time to walk with him now, to be affected, to be influenced, to, to be in his presence and to be in right fellowship and just soak up and pour our love on him right now versus being affected by the junk of this world, being so distracted and cumbered about things, we only have that opportunity right now. And again, from that intimacy, move forward and see great things happen on his account. But the second fact about choosing the good part is this, you're going to find opportunity. You'll find, you'll find opposition, you'll find opportunity. 
Service is imperative. It, serving God in this temporal time is imperative. Doing the things that are imperative, we've got to do that. But listen very carefully. The things that need to get done are not to supersede the motive behind them getting done. In other words, anybody can show up for church. Anybody can, can, can tell someone about Jesus. Matter of fact, there's been stories and testimonies all, all throughout the history of the church of people going through the motions, the pastors, evangelists, missionaries, who end up later getting saved and baptized uh, after they've been preaching and, and, and doing the work. And they realize, I've been doing all of this just because it was the good thing to do or the right thing to do. I was going through the motions. They were missing it in the heart. They were missing the motive behind it all. There's a lot of good things to, to, to look at what God's commanded us to do. But man, if we miss the motive behind being here this morning, the motive behind every single day walking and fellowshipping with Jesus and, and, and spending time with him, if we miss the motive of sharing the gospel with those in darkness, if we miss the motive of it all, then we, we've missed it all. Because it goes back to what Jesus said to that, that lawyer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Mary, there she was at the feet of Jesus, just loving on Jesus, just worshiping him, soaking up the time with him while she had it. Now, we also know that, er uh, that Mary did stuff, too. We know that there was things that she did, but while she had that special moment, she was there with him choosing that good part, loving him. I, I don't doubt that, that Martha loved Jesus. I, I think Martha did love Jesus. She was serving him. She was serving for him. But in our scripture, then in the text, the word cumbered means distracted. She was overly occupied. She was too busy. She was too busy. And I've shared this with, with, with you before, too. We've talked about it in, when, we were in, uh, when I was teaching in the institute. Share it with, with, with guys. Uh, I've experienced it before in ministry. You can get so busy doing the work of the ministry that you even miss the motive in it. It's a dangerous place. Very dangerous place. But Jesus told Martha, he told her, you're worried and troubled about doing many things. You're, you're so, you're doing these things and you're missing it. She was missing the greatest blessing of her life right then. Did, did, did the stuff around the house need to get done? Yeah, it, it did. I don't think she would have been doing it. But in comparison to Jesus Christ being right there in her presence, the opportunity to spend with him, it, she could have done the housework later, when, maybe when he left or, or, or whatever, but she had the opportunity right then, and she was missing this greatest blessing of her life. She thought that serving, she thought that busy serving was the opportunity that she needed to seize right then versus being at the feet of Jesus. You know, Jesus talked about a group of people that gave lip service, just, just honored God with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. And it was the Pharisees, it was the scribes, it was the lawyers. They had missed the whole point of it all. And again, in this moment, Martha was missing it too. I want to encourage you this morning. We've got to be careful not to become too regimented and too religious in our day-to-day -day lives and miss the relationship 
with Jesus Christ now. Miss the reason for serving him now. Every day we should look as an opportunity not only to spend with Jesus, but to serve him. And you say, but man, I've got so much going on. We've got so much going on in our family that I'm going I'm, I'm to just be honest and plain with you right now. You've got too much going on then. If you don't have the time to dedicate to spend with your Savior right now on a daily basis, not just here on Sundays, well, I get my religion. No, every day if you don't have enough time to spend with Jesus, and then from that point of spending time with him, you don't have enough time to serve him, to be a light, to, to, to be a, a gospel bearer, to be an ambassador. If you, don't have, if, if you are so in, uh, engulfed with the work of this world and the business of this world, then you're too busy. Something needs to change. But again, that's where we're at in America. That's where we're at in American Christianity. I'll give God this much time. I'll give him this much of my life. But we said that we gave him everything. We wanted his eternal life, and, and, and we gave him our life. But I'll only give him this much time on Sunday. I'll only give him this much time on Wednesday. I'll only give him this much time the rest of the week because I got stuff to do. I mean, can you imagine standing before Almighty God, seeing the nail prints, seeing the, 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 the pierced side? Maybe after 70 or 80 or 90 years or 50 or 40 years on this earth, and standing before Him knowing He paid the price for your eternity, standing there and saying, I just had stuff to do. I just had stuff to do. Well, as God, keeping everything spinning and everything going the way that he created it, I'm, I'm thinking that he had a, quite a bit more stuff to do than coming to earth and paying for our sin. But he did it because of his love. And so I think for us to be able to say, I, 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 I don't have the time, we need to change something. But if we look carefully, I want you to, know this, that Mary found a lot of opportunity at the feet of Jesus. And, I, and I'll say this this morning. Any opportunity that isn't born from the feet of Jesus will miss the blessing of God. Let me say that again. Any opportunity to serve him that isn't born from the feet of Jesus is not going to be blessed from God. In other words, if you just decide, I'm going to do this, you'll probably fail. Many, many times, that, that's what happens, is Maybe it's a message or, or, or um, in, in a message, God's word does that. And you're spending time with the Lord as a body. We're doing that right now. Uh, but sometimes we just decide, I'm going to start reading my Bible more. I'm going to start praying more. I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing that. And, and, and we fall flat so often in those commitments. Why? Because it wasn't born at the feet of Jesus. And we just start spending that intimate time with God and his heart becoming ours and, and we, our hearts becoming yoked together and, and becoming uh, passionate in our love for, for him. And the next thing you know, when we decide or we feel led to do something for God, it's from that place of passion, that place of, of, of intimacy that it goes forth and is blessed. But what did she find there? What opportunity did she find there? She found worship. She found worship there. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39, which also sat at the feet of Jesus. She was worshiping him, but she also found rest. She found rest. There's a lot of busyness going on. Again, Martha was tired. 
what, what have a lot of us say today in our lives? I'm so tired. I'm so tired all the time. That's because we sometimes just don't rest, not just physically, but in the Lord. Rest with, with Him. She also found instruction. She was sitting there soaking that up, and Jesus began teaching, teaching the lesson that she learned, but she was teaching, he was teaching Martha too. She was being instructed there at the feet of Jesus. She also found an opportunity for service. Again, we know that she ends up going and breaking this alabaster box. She pours this ointment over him. There was things that she did, things that, uh, opportunities that came from this. Sacrifice and giving was also what she found there. And lastly, witness. She found a testimony, a witness from being at Jesus' feet. It came forth from her life. Her affection, her sincere love for Jesus. Get this. Was a tool that Christ used then that's still being used now as a testimony for all people. They said, what do you mean? John chapter 11, verse 45 says this. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. God used Mary's life. God, God was everything to her. And, and, and from that point, there was a lot that poured from the feet of Jesus. If you look at Matthew chapter 26 and verse 13, it says this. Verily I say unto you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached, I'm sorry, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also be this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. It's talking about Mary. This is Mary. What a witness, what a testimony, because this woman saw that there was a good part, saw that there was an opportunity to spend with Jesus Christ, to have an intimacy with Him. And, and, and the, why, why, the question of why, why, why was this in Mary's life? Because again, I think she got it. I think she got, this is my opportunity. This is my Savior. He's the Messiah. God in the flesh, come to die for my sins. This is my opportunity to spend because of her faith and her belief in Him. And that's why she did what she did. That's why what poured from her life poured from her life. See, when faith enters the heart by the Word of God, which Mary did, then love and devotion come wrapped with that. And I will say this, if that's not where you're at this morning, if you say, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have the love and devotion that, that something needs to change. Because if our confidence, our trust, our belief is in, absolutely in Jesus Christ, then if that love and that devotion is not wrapped up with that, then we must be like Martha, distracted and too busy. Our love and our devotion to Christ should be so much. I often pray the prayer, use me up. And I encourage you to pray that. God, just use me up. But that should come from that intimacy with the Lord. God, just use me up. I'm yours. Mary was a simple woman. Didn't have a lot. Again, she was criticized for what she did do at Jesus' feet. But she got it just to be with Jesus. Look at the third point this morning. If you choose this good part, know that you'll also 
find opulence. Opulence. What do you mean? Great wealth or affluence. You're going to find great treasure if you choose this good part. You'll find opulence. I said in the introduction, many people are seeking what this temporal world has to offer. All those things, again, the Bible says this, riches do make themselves wings and they fly away as, 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 to heaven as eagles. That's the reality of what this, this world's riches do. They're, they're going to vanish away, and they do vanish away. But in Galatians chapter 3, it says this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, listen to this, to be strengthened, this is granted according to the riches of his glory, that you be strengthened with his might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of, of God. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Again, when, whenever we choose the good part, he fills us up with riches untold. Not, not necessarily of this world, but we are filled up with things that have no comparison to the treasures in this world. The fullness of God. All of the things that only God can give us. See, you can go out, I can go out, and, and, and we can work really hard, we can sacrifice, we can, we can devote ourselves, and we can try to accumulate all these things. And there's other people doing the same exact thing. But it's only those who find their treasure in Christ that can get, the, get those treasures from Him. And I don't know about you, but that's way more important to me. That's way more enticing to me. That's kind of like that, that, that rare, valuable thing that you can only have. And that's what we have in Jesus Christ and our salvation. But it's the riches that flow from that as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Again, this is, this is the, things that, the only things that we can get from her, from him. As the musicians make their way this morning, we don't know what Mary had poured out at uh, uh, Jesus' feet. We don't know uh, probably maybe 12 ounces uh, of oil there. But it was valuable. But it wasn't worth holding on to at the feet of Jesus. We don't know everything Martha was doing. We don't know all the things that had to be done. But we do know that Mary, in God's, in God's opinion, which is the only one that matters, had chosen the good part. See, Mary, she, she didn't give herself after she was wore out. She didn't say, well, I'll do that whenever I get time. But she gave herself when she was most attentive. She didn't give her least expensive perfume or ointment. She gave her most expensive. And again, she didn't worship Jesus at her most convenient time. But when there were several things to be done that Martha was tending to, she gave herself. 
She could pull herself away from the feet of Jesus, but she didn't because it was more important. So this morning, how about us? Is that you? Are you so distracted? Are you so busy? So, so wrapped up with things in this world that you're missing this good part right now to walk with Jesus, to know him more, to be closer to him, to worship him, not just on Sundays, but every day, to be filled with the riches that he, he alone can give. Are we missing it? I hope we're not. And know this, yes, there's going to be opposition. Maybe you come to the altar this morning, there in your seat, and you pray, and you say, God, I want that. I want to worship you more every day. I want to be close to you. I do want to read my Bible. I do want to pray. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to worship. I want to be close to you every single day. I, I want that, God, but it's just every time I try, that's right, you will find opposition. Know that it's coming. Know that it may come from people, it may come from things. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. And we didn't talk about Martha. We didn't talk about her frustration. We didn't talk a whole lot about what criticism, people standing around. But I want to say this. If, you're, if you feel like you're doing everything that you can, you're just so busy. Or maybe you're at a place even serving God that you're, you're doing all these things that doesn't seem like anybody else wants to do. Or is doing. I want to encourage you. Choose the good part. It doesn't mean that the work's not important. The service and the work is absolutely important. Vital. But it's not more important than that relationship you have with Jesus. Let's love on it. Let's choose the good part. Let's make sure that we have time spent with him in intimacy. Every day. And that's real. Our work will be blessed. Everything that comes from that will be blessed. And if you're here this morning and you say, I don't, I don't have a relationship with God that we talked about in the beginning, I beg you, you're, you're going to miss eternity in heaven if you don't get that relationship with Him. And I want to invite you down here. If you, there's a couple of ministers that will be here, and they'll show you in God's Word how to do that. There's only two places, heaven and hell. And if you don't choose Jesus, you're going to spend eternity in hell, a place that he don't desire anybody to go to. That's why he paid the price. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for, again, reminding us this morning that there is a good part. Lord, while the work is necessary and it's needed, there's so many things, even, even for your kingdom, to get done. Lord, all of the work, all of the things that need to get done, need to flow from us choosing the good part, us being at your feet, worshiping you, having that intimate relationship with you. Lord, help us. If there's those of us in here that may be very distracted, maybe jobs or maybe kids or maybe we're so wrapped up in entertainment and other things, Lord, we just, we're not making the time for you every day that we should. And God, maybe if we get to the end of our lives, that's what our lives would look like. We were so busy in this world that we, we miss a close relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you just move and that that would change this morning. Let anyone in that situation, they would realize that this world, the work, the riches, it's all going to pass away. We only have this time right now to get close to you. And I pray that we don't miss it. Lord, just move now and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.